Welcome to the Adrian Tan Show. This is my podcast where I have deep conversations with the people who are enabling organizations to become ready for the future of work. My guests include a mindfulness coach, the folks behind Singapore's most popular investment app, and many more. They all have one thing in common, and that is to level up your organizations through your people. Employee experience, something that has been mentioned in the HR sphere for quite some time now, but how do you clearly define it? Well, let's look at something like onboarding. How was your onboarding experience? Do you even have one? If you go on to LinkedIn, you may have seen some people who had awesome onboarding experience. On day one of turning up for work, they have a kit, they have a merch, they have everything on their desk. But for most of us, I think we would say it's otherwise. And it's particularly painful over past year as we are living in the COVID-19 situation. Well, that's the reason why my guest today, Vipula Samarakun, is here with us. He's going to talk to us all about onboarding and why he started the company Quali Technology which aims to deliver a mobile-first cloud-based employee experience platform, essentially a digital-first platform that helps companies to ensure that their onboarding experience will always be consistent. Hey, Vip, thank you for coming on to the show. Hi, Adrian. It's great to be here. Thanks for the invite. I understand that you are actually in the employee experience space. And it got me thinking back to a situation when my wife, who was still my girlfriend, she joined an IT company and she turned up for work on day one. She has no yeah. computer, she has no email address. Yeah. This is what I'm seeing on the internet. Well, at least before COVID, where people turn up to office, they have an entire desk of merchandise on their table with a bottle <laughs> of whiskey on the side. Uh, employee experience, especially at onboarding, seems to be sorely lacking, especially in our part of the world. Yeah. What is your perception on this matter? I agree with you, Adrian. And I've also had similar experiences in other roles that I've joined as well, where that initial interaction with the employee really doesn't, unfortunately, carry through from the excitement that comes through the interview process. We've all been in great interviews before. We're excited about the role that lies ahead of us. And so there's this amplification of energy and excitement about the organization you're joining in the role that you'll be fulfilling in the team that you'll be meeting and unfortunately after that excitement during the interview period there's typically a lead-up time some gardening leave perhaps some notice period to serve and then most people start their first day with a sense of trepidation they're anxious they don't really know what it's going to be like and they're cautious about will I fit into this organization can I truly belong and that's really where that employee experience starts is from the moment that an employee is hired all the way through. So that includes that pre-boarding period that your wife experienced to onboarding once they've started with the organization, learning throughout, developing, and then all the way through to, to retiring or whenever they choose to leave the organization. So it, it does sounds like a very important process. Mm -hmm. It in fact reminds me like how you will perceive a first date. You know, yes. you want to dress yes. up well, you want to smell nice, you want to bring them to a nice restaurant. But still many companies tend to put this on the back burner. Yeah. Some of them may have certain stuff and few companies would perhaps get a buddy or maybe your manager prep in some way. But I would mm. say most companies that I've been personally been through and the ones that my friends have been through don't really have a very consistent pre-boarding or onboarding process. Yeah. Is that so hard to put together? Why are companies so resistant to putting together a structured onboarding process? 
I think that's a that's a great observation, Adrian. What we had seen during our due diligence when we first formed the company was that a lot of the activities that companies were undertaking were very much geared towards the compliance activities of pre-boarding and onboarding. Were the necessary forms and documents completed to make sure that the the mandatory activities, banking thing, banking details, declarations, etc., were satisfied. We saw the opportunity as people, we know that, yes, that's important, but there's also balancing that with the emotional sense of how am I being welcomed into this company? How are they treating me as a person and helping me uh, induct and get that real sense of belonging? So this is where I think, especially um, in developing countries in Asia for a long time, certainly that focus has been more on the compliance aspects of onboarding, ID verifications, etc., and less so about creating that sense of belonging, which we know through organizational psychology is extremely important, not just in having that person feel good about the decision they made in joining the organization, but also in creating that discretionary effort that helps them go above and beyond what the bare minimum of their role demands from them. And there's a scary statistic out there, actually, that 4% of new hires leave on their first day. That's terrible. When you think about the amount of energy and time and effort that goes into advertising role, interviewing that person, selecting a person, and yet 4% leave on their first day. I hate to admit this, but I happen to be part of the 4%. I I joined a recruitment business when I was really young. And on the first day, no onboarding, nothing at all. And I was thrown into a deep end of the pool. By afternoon, I was told to interview someone. I was like, I don't know how to do it. He said, just ask some questions. It's okay. And I I just felt that I I couldn't take it anymore and left by the end of the day. So and became that 4%. (laughs) So it was quite a... Well, for lack of a better word, traumatizing experience because you either sink or you swim. And unfortunately, mm. in that incident, I sink and I, and I sunk real quick. Right. So that was really a bad aftertaste in the mouth. And since then, I never had good perception of the company. Even though it might not be the company per se, it could just be that specific branch. But yeah. people tend to just lump everything together, just like how you would you know, perceive uh, things on Glassdoor or when you put in a Glassdoor review. Yeah, so yeah. employee experience, obviously, it's very crucial in trying to ensure that everything is up to a standard. And what I, I'm also seeing some uh, resemblance on what you're trying to bring to the table in the performance management space because performance mm. management predominantly has been this annual performance big paper exercise, which people, of course, hate to do, but yes. still have to. And some companies that I'm aware of, they even do it after the bonus has been announced, which of course, you know, <laughs> is so damn ironic. But with COVID happening, many traditional managers realize that I can no longer measure people based on time spent or process. I need yeah. to measure them based on outcome. That is where, yes. of course, all your OKR, your digital performance management tool uh, come in to create more regularity. So yes. I, I would assume that on an onboarding side, it would be quite similar because you mentioned most companies does it because it is a compliance-driven thing. I need your bank account, I need your NRIC and all that, Correct. but they don't really look at or focus on the psychological factor to ensure that you are being onboarded or being inculcated into the company from day one. 
So would, would the would using a tool or a digital platform help to counter any of such deterrence? We absolutely believe so. And coming back to your comment around that compliance-driven focus, there's been a, a lot of research done in this space. And there's a researcher by the name of Dr. Talia Bauer, um, who's from the SHRM Foundation. She developed a principle called the four C's of onboarding. And in order to do onboarding well, you really do need to address the, these four C's. So the base level one, we've already discussed compliance, learning the basic rules and policies of the organization, filling out the necessary paperwork. The second C is clarification. And this ensures that new employees understand their roles and responsibilities. It can help to describe upcoming projects, which well, they'll be participating in and how they can contribute. The third C is culture explains the norms of the organization. Every organization is unique in this regard. This can be accomplished by simple things like giving them a tour of the facility, describing how things work, and explaining how they'll fit in within the impact of that larger organization. And then the final C at the highest level is connection, where an employee develops relationships with other members of the organization and really feels to feel like they're part of the team. So introducing co-workers as soon as possible, telling stories about the organization, about their interactions with clients, all help that. And, that, and that's exactly where many organizations will have a mentor or buddy program that may not be your direct line manager, but it's intended to help bridge that gap between being a new employee and existing co-workers. So we feel that by using technology, especially in a world now where so many of us are working remotely or even in a hybrid model, we need to go beyond compliance. So this is where we can utilize technology more effectively to improve clarification, to share details about the culture, to set some expectations around how to develop culture in that company, and of course, maintain a level of connection. We're all very familiar with Zoom and most of us have spent the last you know, year on Zoom calls but that level of connectivity can go beyond a face-to-face -face video call, which can be, of course, very time-consuming. So there are other ways we can utilize, for example, mobile technology to still deliver at that sense of connection outside of the video call. Could you walk us through for a company that actually practices and apply a digital onboarding or employee experience too? How would the experience be like for a new employee before day one, on day one itself, and maybe day one until day 30. How, how would that yeah. be like? Yeah, sure. So our platform allows organizations to create their own unique, what we call journeys. And the journeys is a sequential set of actions or steps which the employee can be taken through. This is fundamentally different to, let's say, uh, an intranet site where there's just a body of content available there and it's not delivered in a structured, uh, methodical manner. So this concept of journeys allows organizations to curate an experience for the employee. So let's talk about pre-boarding. In that example, step one in the journey for a new hire might be as simple as a welcome video from the CEO. And that's recorded in advance and placed on the platform and that's the first thing they see is uh, a very personal, direct message welcoming them as a new hire to the organization and how excited he or she is 
with them joining the company. The next step could be, for example, again, our platform supports lots of multimedia capabilities, could be a presentation about the history of the company, how they came to be, why they exist, what their vision and mission are, etc. And then the third step, and we all, we've always built Quali to be engaging and interactive, could be a quiz. Now we can test for understanding. This is where a lot of induction programs fall short, is that it can be a very monodirectional dump of information with very few interactive points. And this test for understanding is key. So step three could be a simple quiz. Okay, let's see if you really listened to and remembered some of the history of the company or what the CEO just mentioned in his welcome address. Step four can go on and there could be an audio file. It could be meet the team. You could see a layout of the office or see some photos of your team, etc. So again, companies can create these very specific journeys and tailor them to the employees that are joining. And for example, that journey could be very different. For example, with a senior hire, a senior executive joining the C-level suite versus the experience that a fresh grad would have. So again, the platform allows this curation of journeys to really uh, strike a chord with the individual that's coming, build that sense of belonging. Now, these journeys can also include the compliance activities. So of course, forms need to be completed. We use digital signatures and electronic forms. So there's no more printing, manually filling, filling out forms, finding a scanner or using your phone to take pictures of bits of paper using your personal email address to send back information to HR. All of these tools from the past are really not fit for purpose in this modern world, especially when you want to deliver that cohesive experience to an employee. And what we've attempted to create in Quali is this all-encompassing platform that can deliver from compliance, clarification, culture and connection all the way through on one platform and do it in a secure, scalable manner. So it just sounds like me that over and above the timely intervention, there seems to be a bit of L&D involved because you have, in fact, it sounds like, you know, going through a video on Udemy, you go through it and then you have a yes. small quiz, you have a small assessment, but of course, everything will be unique to the company. I would imagine things like, what's the vision of the company? What's the core values, you know, just, just to get you exactly. up to speed on what the company is about. So exactly. I'm really curious about how you got into this space. What, mm. what, did you go through an even more traumatizing first day <laughs> than me, which actually motivated you to, to jump in? I, I guess I'm very fortunate to say that I'm not part of that 4%, uh, such as yourself. However, I've had some really poor onboarding experiences. Many people have uh, would have had some similar stories where I turned up on the first day and my ID card wasn't ready. I come from a technology background and in one role, of course, I won't mention any names, I was required to have access to uh, very high security data centers for a financial services firm. And for six months, I was entering data centers and still did not have a photo ID pass. And so that's a real risk and an issue when it comes to risk management and compliance. And yet these are just some of the shortfalls of how an onboarding program can let you down. And I never felt connected with the organization I left within six months, but I had access to their core data centers throughout from my first day to my last day, and I never had an ID pass. So there's some shocking things like that. 
that can take place. And this is where I had that personal experience with poor onboarding, but also just engagement. And that's where Quali is more than an onboarding platform. We're really looking at engagement as well. And so that's now what we've, those two things combined is what we now refer to as employee experience. We start with onboarding, we manage the learning and interactions. We have an engagement capability now that uses AI that listens to employees continuously and provides actionable insights to organizations. And again, this is something that I had felt firsthand in my roles. Uh, I was previously a CTO at BNY Mellon. It's a, a US financial services firm. And then after that, I joined JP Morgan. I was the head of technology in Singapore for JP Morgan. I had over 300 staff in my organization and still the, the, the two aspects of efficiently onboarding and engaging people, but also doing it in a dynamic and authentic and human manner was lacking. And that's really what triggered my, myself and my co-founder to kick off Quali and develop a platform that could really offer that on a scalable level, but still be customizable by, by organizations to, de to deliver that, that uniqueness to their, not just new hires, but all their employees. And how's the engagement level like, especially in this part of the world? Because there seems mm. to be a preconception that Asian companies, they care less about the people than Western or European companies. Uh, is yeah. that what you're observing right now? And sh what, 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 could, what should Asian companies do? If, if I'm a company listening to this right now, I'm, I'm quite convinced. What was step one that they should look into? Yeah, I have seen that. So perhaps you can tell by my accent, but I'm, I'm an Australian citizen. I was born in Sri Lanka, but I'm an Australian citizen. I've been living in Singapore for over 17 years. During that 17 years, I've had teams and staff all over the region. And certainly what, at a very high level, when you compare organizations from, let's just call it East versus West, there is this sense of commoditization of people in just Let's just get people to do the various things that need to be done in the East versus the West, which is let's get people more involved and be a part of the organization and develop this culture and sense of belonging. I think that has come through various aspects. Perhaps, for example, when we look at GDP per capita, the countries with larger GDP per capita, the cost of resources is higher. Therefore, the value of retaining them is greater. And to do that well, we need to take into consideration these various factors of engagement, or what we call drivers of engagement. Now, we've identified 14 unique workplace psychological drivers of engagement, which through our platform, we're able to give our clients insights into. And so we can tell them very specifically, this is how your people are feeling on a continuous basis. And this is different uh, significantly to the annual employee engagement survey, which I'm sure most of your listeners will be familiar with. No one really looks forward to that time of year. You've got 70, 80 questions to answer. Your manager's always on your back. Have you done it? Have you done it? Have you done it? And that's just a, a once in a year snapshot as to the level of engagement. We don't think that's particularly effective. Coming back to your earlier comment around performance management as well. So with engagement, what we've been able to do using mobile technology, using artificial intelligence is we've deconstructed those questions and we use some intelligent routing that means that each employee in the organization 
gets a micro sample of questions, three or four questions a week perhaps, and they're different questions to different people. So then in the back end, we collect the responses to those questions and run the interpretation. And then we can show an organization what their engagement level is like continuously throughout the year based on the feedback that's coming back from all employees. And of course, we can then segment that data and compare engagement metrics from different segments within the organization. So you could, at a high level, compare engagement between males and females, or office A versus office B, or new hires versus executive hires. So there's many ways you can slice that data, but being able to listen to employees is really key. And I think that sentiment is now carrying over into the Asian uh, cultures where that taskmaster sentiment and direction where it's just top down, do as your boss says, with very little listening to employees at an individual level is now changing. We've seen that with the newer generations particularly the the Gen Zs and millennial generations, which are looking for more than just a paycheck. They're looking for that sense of belonging, that sense of purpose. Are they being listened to? So, and I think what we've seen in those generations is that what used to be the case where employees would leave for a very small pay difference, now employees are leaving for a different cultural experience. Do they really fit with an organization? Uh, and I think you, your example of your own personal day one was a good case in point. And you started a company way before in 2017. And of course, uh, last year, even until today, we were still experiencing this COVID situation. Mm-hmm. How has COVID affected your business as well as how companies engaging or considering the employee experience? Yeah, actually COVID, I think, did did us a favor as a company, it really accelerated the understanding and indeed the requirement for remote working and being able to engage people to consider their productivity and work really as a sentiment of productivity rather than just a place to be. And this was also something that was just very ingrained, particularly in in Eastern cultures where and Japan is probably the extreme where an employee would never leave the office before their boss would leave. So that just that mentality around being in an office equated to doing work quickly had to break down. And COVID certainly accelerated that, where now individuals can not be in the office, but they still have an expectation of being productive. So COVID's been tremendous in that regard. And certainly for us, because we are a true digital platform, we've had an incredible amount of interest from organizations. We now have more than 130 companies on our platform that are using the technology to engage their staff, whether they're now starting to come back into the office or during COVID and they're still um, working remotely, that doesn't matter. It gives them an opportunity to share information, but also listen intelligently. Right. And it must have been quite an interesting journey for you since the start of the business. And what what are the kind of movements that you're seeing from day one when you first started in terms of educating the market and all that? You did mention that mm-hmm. there'll, there'll be a certain segment of companies that obviously perhaps the younger, younger crowd, they'll be quite into this. Uh, are there any things that really surprised you since you started in this business? 
I think the rate at which now organizations, especially in Asia, are focusing on this as a real differentiator, that surprised me. I thought that this journey for particularly Asian headquartered organizations would take longer than what it has. Certainly COVID's helped accelerate that. But I think things like social media are helping as well. And now there is a much more sense of a connected world and people aren't afraid of sharing their experiences, whether those are personal experiences or experiences at work. And so with that comes new audiences, new platforms, and that dialogue is now helping to change the expectations of employees. And with that comes a different requirement for employers. So actually, I've been pleasantly surprised at how quickly now organizations are realizing the importance of employee experience being more than just the base level. And what I'm really motivated by is that this space that we operate in, in terms of the employee experience, is is not necessarily a new field. This is one of the most studied and researched fields in the workplace. And this goes all the way back to people like William Kahn, who termed the phrase employee engagement back in 1990, to Maslow's theory and the hierarchy of needs, where he identified those five levels, physiological safety, social belonging, esteem, and self-actualization. We're now starting to see that movement very quickly progress beyond physiological. Are we just giving our workers a, a, a safe place to work? to now those higher levels in that hierarchy of needs. How do we create that social belonging? How do we develop a sense of achievement and independence, respect and status? And then that self-actualization is that self-realization of personal potential through growth experiences. And so being able to layer technology with some of this incredible research that's been tested over decades of workplace is really now what we're trying to do. We're a very data-driven, research-led organization, and we bring a lot of these learnings through in terms of of how our technology is applied and how it can be utilized uh, to really effectively engage uh, people. Well, that's really good to know. I really hope that with all this engagement and education from your part, more companies would take the employee experience much more seriously and understand the the key difference in having a good experience for the people, especially the new ones, and mm. how that would inf- affect and impact their company's performance, productivity, as well as their bottom line. So moving ahead, what's the new thing on the roadmap for your company? Uh, we are continuing to invest in the use of AI technology, and we're also working on several features We're keeping that a little bit private right now, but exciting features that will continue to add value to our clients, still engaging our employees and driving a sense of automation. We've always tried to find the right balance between automation and engagement, repeatable, consistent experiences that help drive down the operating cost for our clients, but at the same time, deliver that sense of engagement and value to the people that use the platform. We've always been mobile from the very first day and we've really believed in the native mobile app. Some of the other solutions in the marketplace are using web technology only, but we've really felt that mobile technology is the way to go. And we've seen that be the case worldwide where many people now in the world don't have a separate computing device. Their mobile phone is their primary computing device. So we'll continue to 
develop that capability. And yeah, and so we've got an exciting roadmap that includes new web technologies, mobile technologies, and artificial intelligence. Exciting period. I wish you all the success. And thank you so much for coming onto the show. For people who are keen to learn more about Quali, where should they go to? Yeah, thanks, Adrian. Um, they should absolutely visit our website, quali.com. That's Q-U-A-L-E-E.com. We've got um, a lot of information there. We've got some great blog articles there. And they can also connect with us through our social media channels on Instagram and LinkedIn. All of our contact details are available on our website. And is there any meaning behind the word quali? Is that like a oh. Roman word that means something? Yeah, actually, it's a great question. Thank you for asking. My co-founder and I met through the world of motorsport, actually Formula One. And quali is a colloquial term used in Australia, but also I think in, in the US for the qualifying period. So this typically happens on the Saturday before the main race on a Sunday. So quali comes from qualifying and the double E stands for employee experience. So we really feel that we can help organizations qualify their staff, make sure that they're able to test themselves, share information and prepare their people for their own unique race. So the name comes from motorsport and racing. Interesting. I'm happy to have uncovered that meaning <laughs> and hope that audience who are curious would know about it right now. And again, thank you so much for coming onto the show, really having a great time chatting with you and I wish you all the success. Thank, thank you, you so much, Adrian. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to more information about our guests and their businesses. If you enjoyed this podcast, it will be helpful to give a review on iTunes or follow me on Spotify. If you're using Overcast, please hit the star button under the episode. That will help get this episode and podcast out to more people who may find it useful. I'll see you in the next episode of The Agent Han Show.